Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 59 at the Fan. Ben and his friend Gunning. Philadelphia Flyers in town tonight. John Tortorella in town tonight. Come on. You don't think we're getting some fireworks coming out of torts? Either before or after this game, no matter what happens? Now I really wish True Living had talked, because I don't think he would. But you can't rule out a world where Torts took to the mic and goes, ah, all this crying coming mm. out of Toronto. Keep your head down and mm. play your game. Like, again, I don't think that would have happened, but you can't you can't tell me there's a zero chance possibility. No, yeah. And Torts, I, I love him from a content standpoint, but it is, it's quite a thing that this guy, like, he has little dalliances with the media when, you know, he inevitably gets fired. He mm-hmm. has this incredible r- runs with multiple teams. Yeah. And, yeah, cup champion, yada, yada, yada. Eventually it runs its course, and then... I, listen, takes the money, and everybody wants to hear what he has to say, and then goes back to the 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 job mm-hmm. that he's made his bones doing, and he yells at the media again. Uh, but yeah, we we want to hear from him. I I expect um, some fireworks from him tonight. Um, the Flyers are inside the playoff picture mm-hmm. right now, which is kind of shocking, especially. Uh, no, no, remove the word kinda from that. It's shocking. Yeah, who's their number one goaltender, and uh, they're still hanging in. <laughs> I was looking at the Flyers' recent games. You know what they've done? Okay, let me just put forth the last, like, 20 games mm. that they played. Okay, so they won five of six. Uh, they lost five straight. They won five straight. They lost five straight. They've now won four consecutive mm-hmm. games. This is a team that is just, like, wildly streaking back and forth, but right now, uh, Maple Leafs catching them, maybe not at the right time, although you, the same could have been said about the St. Louis Blues, who had won seven of their last eight, coming into town, also in a similar position in the Western Conference, trying to hang into a playoff spot, mm-hmm. uh, and the Leafs put forth one of their best defensive efforts of the season. Leafs showed proof of concept in that game against the Blues that they can play much better as a team unit mm-hmm. defensively this season than they have so far this season, despite the fact that the additions that they've made in Max Domi, Tyler Bertuzzi, and then, you know, John Klingberg, uh, fairly well. How dare you, Ryan Reeves? Were, and Ryan Reeves were, and he f- fits this mold he, as well. Boy, does he. That's why I was throwing him in. <laughs> uh, not exactly defensive stalwarts. Not guys you think of, like, in Selkie running conversations and mm-hmm. error for uh, Klingberg Norris. I mean, although in his previous Once incarnation was, but it, because of his offensive talents. They can short up defensively. Mm-hmm. And boy, Nick Robertson in that game too, like the back checking we saw from him. It'll be interesting to see if they can do it. Hey, you, anybody can have a day. Mm-hmm. Can you do it again? The thing that I think is interesting, the question to ask about this is, what, if anything, do we think Keefe is saying or messaging differently? Because, you know, I'm sure there is some element of a pregame talk of you guys have got to, you know, everybody who does a little less on any given night, we need a little more from you, all these bodies out, you have to step up. You know, obviously he called for Bobby McMahon, he said, I need a hat trick out of you, that's mm-hmm. what I need you that's to do. Smart. But, like, do we not think that Shell and Keefe is telling these guys to play a button-down, tight, defensive game and take care of their business when the stars are in the lineup? I don't think, I'm sure the messaging is a little different in terms of the urgency you need, but... I imagine Sheldon Keefe has been telling these guys to play like that all season long. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. Yeah, well, and it must be especially frustrating to mm-hmm. him because, yeah, they've had goaltending struggles. Um, and part of that is, hey, you know, not all of those have been grade-A chances that Elias Samson has no, been no, allowing no, no. behind him. But this is largely the same guy that we saw a season ago put up a near 920 save percentage, and he was was great, but yep. also Insulated. part of an environment that was much different than this Leafs team this season. Although, 
We've seen it. And it's, you know what? It was not the first time this season they've, they've buttoned it down. I'm, I'm thinking of a Predators game, the oh, Stars yeah. game. Yep. Like they've, they've they, done it. They've done it before. Canucks game is pretty buttoned down. The greatest game of all time before they left for Sweden. Yeah. We'll see if they can do it again tonight. All right. This Insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Today's Insider, Carter Hutton, former NHL goalie. How's it going, Carter? Good, good, guys. Thanks for having me on. I kind of caught the tail end there, and uh, times are wild up there. It's been fun to watch. So it's, it's a little nicer being retired now. I can sit and enjoy it and not be stressed out about uh, this time of year. Yeah, I mean, times are always wild, though, here, Carter. Come on. Like, yeah, I, I, and I, I mean, I guess guys aren't always, you know, the focal point of the Department of Player Safety coming out of Toronto, but... Yeah, it does feel like things wildly vacillate one way uh, or another. And, you know, I was going to start with uh, with this. You're an undrafted guy, made yourself into a, a National Hockey League goaltender. We just saw an undrafted Bobby McMahon score a hat trick, and the team celebrate as if they had, had won multiple rounds of a, a postseason series. Is there a fraternity of those guys that have just, you know, ha- had nothing handed to them but a- able to carve out an NHL niche? Yeah, it's obviously great to see, right? And Bobby's at McMahon. When I was with the Leafs there and spent some time with the Marlins, got to know him a little bit. Um, you know, one of those college players, it, it takes a little longer, right, to get there, to kind of get developed and, and get your foot in the door. You know, especially when guys are first-round picks, you have a team with, you know, Matthews and Marner and Nylander, where it's really hard to get any top six minutes. So a guy like that, it's nice to see. And, and you know, honestly, they're, they're, there's more guys like that than you would realize, I think, nowadays because of the fact that, you know, sometimes if you're 16, you're 15, you're getting drafted to the OHL, you're not really ready, right? For me, that was my path, right? It took me till I played junior eight till I was 20. Then I got to college. I did four years. I was 24, 25 when I turned pro. You know, it's a little bit different. Obviously, goalies are a bit trickier, but at the same time, those are good depth finds that you can get now in the NHL and then add to your team where Bobby McMahon can play on the power play. He can do it all, and he scored a lot of goals in the American League. He knows what he's doing. Well, yeah, and he feels kind of like the perfect guy that if you, you know, we've talked so much about the with this team this year about the idea of defined roles, and he feels like a guy you can kind of give a couple of different ones to. You know, if you want him to provide you some offense, I think he's proven he can do that to a certain extent, but if you just kind of say, go in there, crash and bang, be active for your 12 minutes a night, like he kind of feels like the, the poster child for someone who can thrive and you know I don't I don't want to say a limited role but with a, a a pretty clearly defined one yeah you know for me I think it's what everybody wants in Toronto right I know we love these games where it's 6-5 and it's run and gun and they have the high power offense but I think at some point everyone's taking a step back and we're all scarred a little bit from the playoff history we just want a team that competes with structure that is predictable and from Samsonov's side I think all the goalies in general would love that more, you know, knowing what team is going to show up at night. Where you watched them play the other night against St. Louis, and they smother them. They're chasing down every puck. They just keep coming in waves where this inconsistency of, like, these cute plays and trying to play high offensive hockey, it's unpredictable, and it's a lot harder to sustain. So for me, it's like getting those guys like Bobby McMahon, these depth guys, the bottom six that can crash and bang, and your top forwards giving them chances to get offensive zone faceoffs and power plays. That's how you're going to win in the playoffs, and I think years past hasn't showed the running gun offense doesn't work. Yeah, and and maybe it's just a one-off, um, and and maybe they they look a little more porous uh, defensively tonight against the Flyers, but only 15 shots on goal against in that that Blues game, and they were missing John Tavares, they were missing Mitch Marner, they were obviously missing Morgan Riley, and Morgan Riley is going to be out again tonight, and we'll see if those other guys are are healthy enough to play, but. 
is that like a conscious decision that that team is making or is it just, hey, you look around and you you just don't see the same high talent level players around you that you would play a more buttoned down style of game? You know, I I think it's one of those things where you have all the stars out of the lineup. You know, you're missing all these guys, so you don't have the fact of just looking down the bench and being like, oh, Tavares got it tonight, Marner's got it. They're going to carry us, right? So it's it's by committee. Everyone gets a little better opportunity to play. You're getting more minutes. There's less time to worry. There's less time to think, right? A lot of coaches have said that, like, as you start to get more minutes, it almost makes the game easier because there's less time to think about things, just get in there and play. And, you know, for me, I, I think it's one of those things. This team is really built well. You know, obviously the back end has questions. There's different marks. But if you get guys to buy in, and it just shows you the parity in hockey, right? All these guys are good. The stars are a little bit better, but everybody else can play in the NHL. If you get guys moving in the right direction as a team, it's pretty powerful what you can do. Yeah, it certainly it certainly is. And, you know, we've seen this in limited sample size and kind of long runs with this Leafs team in, in years past. You know, you mentioned the idea of it being a concerted effort. You know, I don't think Sheldon Keefe is going into that room saying anything different than he's been saying. There's been kind of a talking point coming out of this, and we did this a lot last year of, okay, why can't he get this buy-in on a consistent basis when the guys are there? Do you look at that as, you know, and I know not everything is so black and white, but do you look at that more as a, a fault or a not on the head coach or more on the team as a whole that they're not able to kind of generate that even when the best players are, are in the lineup? You know, I, I definitely, I think as a player, I always like would hold myself more accountable, you know, as a team, as inside the locker room, because you know the coach has limited touch with you in the sense of there's a lot of times where the team is running the tables. But at this point, I think now being on the outside and seeing how inconsistent it's been like year after year after year, I think there's some sort of thing that's not in touch with Sheldon Keith where you know, maybe it's a different voice or maybe it's more of an old school voice where, you know, a Craig Ruby type or someone who's going to come in and, and scare guys into playing in a sense, right? Because it is a newer generation. It's harder to get guys to buy in if you don't have them on your side. But at the same time, I feel like this team again and again seems to fall back on the same problem. So it might be a time for a change, but hopefully this is maybe this sparks something with this Morgan Riley suspension where this team can really build off it and use it moving forward into the playoffs. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if they continue to get the goaltending they got in that Blues game. I mean, Ilya Samsonov wasn't asked to do all that much, but yeah, a couple of high-danger shots against that he was able to stop and looked pretty good against the Jets before the All-Star break. Also, Joseph Walls working his way back, a full participant in a a couple of practices coming off a high ankle sprain. I don't know if you ever suffered that type of injury before, Carter, but like, do you have a sense of how quickly he, he might be able to return or how limited that might make him the rest of the way? Yeah, so I have a lot of history with high ankle sprains. Um, I, that was kind of the one that ended my career. So I, I got hurt against oh, the good. Rangers when I was playing in Buffalo. Yeah, so but I ended up having to get surgery. So mine had healed, and then I'd come back, and I didn't have a lot of power, which is super common when it's like a high-impact one. My hope is with Joseph Wall that because it was kind of an odd play, pretty simple, there wasn't anyone landing on him or anything, it would just be a matter of time. But it's a tricky injury because we use our ankles and feet for so much leverage in net. We use the posts. I'm not sure I don't want to get into too crazy specifics about goaltending, but like the RVH position where we're driving, we use the post for leverage. There's a lot of power on your ankle. So for him coming back, I think that's why you're seeing it take a lot longer too, because you have to be careful. You don't want to re-injure it. You want to make sure he's ready to go. Cause the last thing they need is a setback at this point. But I do love the fact that you have wool coming back. You have Samson off and you have the veteran in Martin Jones, where when we get to the playoffs, we understand that, you just need someone to get hot at the right time. And I think with these guys, you have a platoon of guys that can get the job done. 
Yeah, honestly, I mean, a lot of, it's funny, we talked so much about Leafs goaltending this year, and, you know, we'll see what Wall is, looks like when he comes back healthy, but I think you're you're right to point out that a lot of teams would like to have three options, you know, they, they don't all seem viable on any given night, but they have all been viable at various points in, in the year, you know, something that's been a big talking point with Samsonov and his time here in Toronto is that, when there's a lack of competition, his head seems to get a little clearer. He seems to be able to play a little more freely. You know, I, I know some people will point out maybe he was never fully back, but it's not lost on me that you saw him kind of coming back to earth in the Senators game a, a little bit as Wool is starting to creep closer and closer to being ready here. How much of that is is true when we think of goaltenders that some guys, you know, they I, I suppose it's true with all players where you some guys thrive with competition and needing to beat out a guy where other guys are just... Uh, you know, a little more comfortable when it's pretty clearly their net. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's instilled in them differently. Like some kids, I've, what I really found was in my development when I got to the American League is where a really bottleneck. You had all the best players from college, all the best players from junior European kids. And then you really, then you really found out who had like the mental attitude to get through different situations where you weren't the starting goal. You weren't on the first power play. And for me, I kind of had to grind my whole career. So when I did get the keys to the castle in the NHL or if someone was hurt and it was mine that I kind of stumbled a little bit. I struggled with that where some of these other guys who have been silver spooners their whole life, they need the, they need to know they're the guy they need to not know that anyone's over their shoulder. So it is a mix. I think you find different uh, in each player and each goalie. So moving forward for Samson off, you know, maybe this is a little run. It's kind of nice to have Joseph Wall out. It'll be interesting when Wall comes back how he responds to that. But I also believe that at the end of the day, he's on a one-year contract. He needs to play well. He needs to get good minutes. And for him, uh, you know, moving forward, it's going to be a big second half here. Yeah, it is. It's a different team than the one he played uh, behind last season where he had a 919 save percentage in 42 games and, you know, was outdueled a future Hall of Famer in Andre Vasilevsky over six games in, in the postseason. This team's a little different. Although, you know, they, they look pretty similar uh, on Tuesday against the St. Louis Blues. But last year, you know, they had, what, 111 points on the strength of some, some pretty good defensive play. We haven't seen that so much this season. And, uh, you know, just eye test-wise, it, 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 it's not just all that, right? Like, there's some horrible goals that Ilya Samsonov has led in this season. But how much of it do you think that the downturn in numbers for him is, is environment-dependent? I think it's a bit of both, right? I feel like there's like a decompression that happens too, right? Last year, he's under so much pressure being the guy, you know, Murray's out. He has a great run. Then all of a sudden you think you're going to get the contract. You don't, you know, it's hard to like rev that back up and play a full season, you know, so killer focused on every single game. So I think moving forward will be important, but he's also a product of a surrounding, right? You look at some of the ways that this team defends and what they give up. Like granted at times, some of the goals have been horrible, but at times, you know, they give up way too much to be successful. Where I look back in the summer, like signing Klingberg, like makes no sense to me. He's not a defenseman you need. I know he's gone now, but that's money that you could have found a guy that's going to help better. Even now I look at the way Jake McCabe is playing, Simone Benoit, these guys that are just battling and dragging guys into the fight to play a tough game. Giordano was great the other night. Brody was great the other night. I think just playing a little with a little more meat and potatoes in your lineup is going to be the transition you need because you know you can score goals. You know when your power play gets on the ice, you can play well, but you need to grind it out and make it hard on other teams, especially when you're talking about a seven-game series. Yeah, and honestly, who doesn't love meat and potatoes? Like, I know you mix in some veggies there, but it's like that's the pillars of a, of a great meal. Uh, last one for me before we let you go. You spent a little time in, in Buffalo. 
I think everyone counts themselves as at least a little surprised that it hasn't taken off more there. Uh, just knowing the players the, the way you do, what do you make of the situation going on in Buffalo with them being unable to really find their footing here? We know how important a hockey market it is to the league. Like, you know, I don't want them to get too good because the Leafs got to deal with them, but it's better for the league when the Sabres are, are doing well. Just knowing your time in the market and knowing some of the players on that team, are, are you surprised they've continued to sputter the, the way they have? Yeah, yeah, it's just frustrating, right? I definitely think no one thought that Buffalo was going to have the year they had this year, um, you know, especially with the heights of like Devin Levi coming in. He was, you know, well talked about. And it's nice to see UPL there and that take a step forward. You know, I think they've had some injuries. Tate Thompson being out for a while hurts them. They have the group. They have the setting. They have the foundation. It just needs to get a step in the right direction. I don't know what that step is going to be. For me, it's it's frustrating because when I was there, you wanted to be part of it. We had the talent. I think we almost were more talented then. We just didn't have the culture. And I think Kevin Adams has done a great job of putting good people in place to build that culture and help that team move in the right direction. And I think with young players like J.J. Paterka coming in, playing really well, it's going to be an interesting to see where they can grow. But at the same time, you know, it's a team like you see, like you touched on, you know, the NHL needs markets like that. And I think that fan base is dying for it. And I always said, I would love to see them win a Stanley cup because man, it would be crazy what happens there. Yeah. I mean, they kind of won their Stanley cup this season, taking the first two games against the Leafs scoring 15 goals in those two games. Uh, one of which I attended with my young son in Buffalo watching Elias Samsonov get uh, blown up uh, in that. But yeah. Welcome to Leafs nation, <laughs> <Yeah>. bud. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that is it. Yeah, yeah, he knows what it's like. Uh, Carter, this is awesome. Thanks for doing it. Hey, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me on. This is Carter Hutton, former NHL goalie. He was our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. So I mentioned on Monday mm. that the, the Chiefs... Barely remember it. The, yeah, I know. It was an illness ago for you. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs... This is actually a genius way to build a franchise. When you have this game-changing mm. quarterback that doesn't need that many weapons, right. just build up the defense. Just do defense, defense. And he'll take your bums yeah. on offense and turn them into stars. Eventually. Or, or event, or just he'll, he'll win in a Super Bowl with them. He won't, you know, like, nobody's a star. Like, yeah, Rasheed Rice is getting there. He's sure. Be a star. And we'll see what step he takes forward next year. And they do have one star uh, at his disposal. It's like Hall of Famer and Travis Kelsey. Can't be discounted. Yeah, Mr. Swift, yeah. But yeah. The, the the Leafs putting their eggs more in the offensive basket this offseason as opposed to just doubling down on this defensive thing. And I understand, like, the case that can be made against that is that it actually hasn't been defense that's held them back in the postseason. It's been, like, secondary scoring. Yeah. I get that. But I do generally view that as flukish. And, like, the, the whole idea of this team mm -hmm. is be top-heavy and have those guys lead you offensively. I I still think the best way forward yep. is to build up the defensive element of this team and just have them take advantage of, even if it's more limited mm -hmm. opportunities offensively, build the team the way the Chiefs have done it. I'd, I'd like to remind you, uh, the second most expensive addition they made this offseason was a defenseman. Now, to your point, yeah, wasn't, come like, on, he was a defenseman, defenseman. name only, yeah. and he didn't work out to be anything. So, fair point, but... 
I think that this is a team that looked at the landscape that was available to them. And Tyler Bertuzzi isn't there because he's a forward. He isn't there because he scores. He's there because you thought he was going to bring, and I want to I want to just state this now, I really like what they've got out of Bertuzzi, even in this stretch where he's not scoring. But you brought him in to be nasty, to be a jerk, to be mean. It was part of the same reason you bought Max Domi in. So it wasn't... Not to say that they couldn't have found those traits in a defenseman. I just think those guys are much more coveted as defensemen. You throw in the fact that you could do one-year deals for both those guys, and I understand the point that's being made. I wonder if it's a point we see Treliving again. Mm. You know, we don't need to relitigate the whole offseason every third day, but with him coming to the party late to the game and trying to get his feet you know, on solid ground, very quick with free agency around the corner. I wonder if we see a different tact because go look at all the teams Bradshaw Living's built. They haven't been built on high end forwards. It's been goaltending and it's been defense. So I think that there is a, I think there's probably a guy because we know Tra Living mm. listens every morning, mm-hmm. obviously just sitting there going, give me time, Ben. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Just yeah. give me time. Yeah. I'll get rid of TJ Brody because I've done it before. That's yeah. like TJ Brody must have seen him come into town and ah! just <laughs> like the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't talked to you since the Tyler Bertuzzi most recent. Oh my uh, God, he's never scoring again. Snake bit game. <sighs> he's not, and to him, not even to have a point in that game. I mean, it took Max Domi firing it like into the like one part of the net that you couldn't score. Mm-hmm in that situation, and then he had another great pass to Nick Robertson, who, who couldn't finish it Tell off. Tell me also had the disallowed goal yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. two days ago or yeah, two yeah. games ago. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Bertuzzi oh, has no, no. a disallowed goal over this span of games as, as well. well. Yep. Yeah. Should have counted I, the Bertuzzi one as well. Sure. He, here's what I think about it. Mm. <laughs> I, that's a stupid way to get into an argument. Okay. It's like this whole three-hour radio show is like what I think about yeah, I things. Know. Here's the my opinion. Thank you. Through a microphone. Um, <laughs> Opinions. It's not the worst thing in the world. Like if he looks the way that he looked on Tuesday and the Leafs make the playoffs, this is maybe a stupid way to look at it? No, it's not. No, because I have sent the exact text of honestly, I don't want him to score. Because I, I feel this way when I, when I hit too many good shots on the range. Mm. It's like he's saving them all up. Like that... Eventually, the dam is going to burst. Have you seen the way he's played recently? That game on Tuesday will not stand. If he plays like that in yeah. the postseason, those pucks are going in the back of the net. They just, like, it has to eventually happen for him. I don't really care that he hasn't scored since December 27th. I would I would care way more if it was affecting his play, but it's kind of going the other way. Right. It's driving him so mad that he is so driven and giving you such good hockey every night. Don't waste him. He's due, okay? I don't need him to be due in March. I need him to be due in April when the games really matter. I don't care if he scores a single goal between now and then. Save them all up. Karma, we've seen it eat the Leafs alive. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if they had a little going in their favor. So, yeah, I, I, like frustrating, yes. Please don't let it affect your play. It's kind of a miracle that it hasn't, honestly, because he was not good at various stretches of this season. He has played far and away his best hockey as a Leaf in this time that he's been snake bit. So it's frustrating. I feel for you, Bert, but don't change a thing. Don't start taping your stick. Don't get another haircut. Just ride this slump out because when the dam bursts, it's going to be remarkable. And hey, Max Domi, if you want to be on that same wavelength, 
have at it. I have no issues with it. It's it's honestly like, again, I say this to commend the player. It's remarkable because we say it all the time. Goals will go to a guy's legs where puck goes in and all of a sudden he's flying around. He's jumping around. It's been remarkable that it's been the exact opposite. It's like every post Bertuzzi hits, it gives him more powers. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what his, his free agency looks like. And, well, it's and all going to depend on... I guess. It's weird, though. I mean, played exactly the same number of games yep. now, 50, that he played last season with the Red Wings and Bruins during the regular season. And he only has six goals for the Leafs, but he only had eight during the regular playoffs, season playoffs, playoffs. last year. And then, of course, had the, the 10 points in seven games for the Bruins. But it's not even about, like, of course it is about the production. But it's about the jerkiness. Mm. What is he in the playoffs? Does he give them just a little? He's not Matthew Kachuk. Nobody is. Other than Brady, I guess. But can he give them a little bit of that? Mm. Being in scrums, being a jerk, being in guys' faces, that's what you need. And I added an important caveat to the beginning of my, like, I don't care if he doesn't score during the regular season. They have to make the playoffs. Like, if he's the reason they don't make the playoffs, (laughs) then never mind. Forget it. Yeah, and I'll just, I'll quadruple down for the 800th time. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not going to miss, so it won't be an issue. Well, Tuesday was a pretty good indication that you may be correct in that. No, no, I'm not, not, there's no may about it. Mm -hmm. I, I will state it now unequivocally. I am correct. They will not miss the playoffs. Yeah, okay. I mean, they just lost in regulation to the Islanders, a team that's maybe going to track them down in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, maybe. The, the, the Devils, maybe you're going to get a goaltender. If you want to, if you want to tell me the Devils are trading for a goalie, that's the team there that's scary. Patrick Waugh is going to have those boys playing, but I don't look at the Isles as scary. I mean, they've already had discussions with the Flames about Marks from yeah. apparently. Like, no, no, the, de- the Devils one, I, it's funny. You know, we all do the like preseason previews and stuff. And last year leading into the NHL season, I didn't have the guts to say it myself, but every guest we would have on, I'd go, what about the Devils? You think mm-hmm. they're going to make some noise? Because I did think, but I didn't have the guts to say it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like a little bit in the Devils corner of like, I'm not pulling for them too much, mm-hmm. but you know, we love being right. Mm-hmm. We love it. Uh, Penguins seems like their postseason chances are fading away as they get blasted in regulation by the Panthers yesterday. Yeah, I mean, worst teams to get blasted by, for sure, but generally speaking, mm-hmm. not what you want. Nope. Uh, Santana Go coming ahead. to Budweiser stage this summer on June 26th with Counting Crows as part of their oneness tour. We have tickets to give away to enter. Listen daily to the fan morning show for the code word, then text that code word to 59590. Today's code word is Counting Crows. Text Counting Crows to 590-590 right now for your chance to win. We have another pair of tickets to give away on tomorrow's show, but if you don't win with us, tickets officially on sale tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern on Ticketmaster.ca. When we come back, yeah, let's talk some hockey, but we'll also get a firsthand account of what the Wasted Management Open looked like from... How's his liver? Jason Demers, former NHL defenseman, NHL network analyst. Next, the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan Morning Show, Sports Time 590. The Fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Leafs, Flyers tonight. I got a hypothetical for you. Mm, love it, <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Connor McDavid had six assists the other day. He did. Uh, it's one off the all-time record mm-hmm. for assists in a game. Seven. Yep. We all know what the record for points in a game is. Obviously, it's ten. Yeah. Earl Sittler. Um, what's more likely? Okay. Austin Matthews scores seventy goals this season, mm-hmm. or ever 
in a game, yeah. Connor McDavid has a 10-point game. I think it's way more likely that McDavid hits 10, which is insane <laughs> to say that's way more likely, but I, I do think it is. It's like, they're guess what? They're talking about expansion. League's only going to get worse. Right. He's not going expansion. to. Expansion. Give me a break. No, I, they're, okay. You, you I know, I know. all the same I know. stories I have. Like, it's just insane. Yeah, and I we're know. We're going back to Atlanta. Why not? No, sure. of course. Why not? Well, I mean, like, I do love the Thrashers, but it's ridiculous, uh, yeah. but... Yeah, I think 70 goals is impossible. It feels that way. You're literally only giving me one year. I have the rest of Connor McDavid's natural NHL life ahead of me where he's going to play some terrible team at some point in time. I don't think either will happen, but if Mm. you tell me I have to bet my life on one, it's easy, McDavid. All right. What about you? Uh... I, I would say the Matthews thing is... Okay, is I was going to say, don't wait till Demare's answers and just steal his answer so I, you have, well, like, the I mean, expert. Yeah, we... Give me your answer. I mean, we saw this guy put up, like, 140 points in a season and, and didn't do it. So, like, I don't know. Is he going to get better? Like, no. Yeah, maybe. 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 getting worse. Yeah, <laughs> that's part of it, no doubt. Let's talk to Jason Demers, former NHL defenseman, NHL network analyst, uh, waste management, Venus Open attendee. How's it going, Jason? <laughs> How are you doing, boys? It's actually... <laughs> actually now been known as a wasted I man, know but. I know I was okay we're gonna get to that in a second but we have to like I gotta stay on point because I just asked Brent this question now I have to ask you <laughs> don't worry we got lots of questions about uh about uh Phoenix uh in just a second but okay what if you had to bet on one thing happening Austin Matthews scoring 70 goals this season or at some point in his career Connor McDavid having a 10 point night which one would you feel safer putting your money on Oh, that's a good one, too. Uh, I mean, I don't think you can really bet against McDavid right now. I, I just think <laughs> in, in the in the age of tanking and stuff like that, I feel like he, he might catch one team in the next few years that's just a team of AHL players. But, I mean, it's also how long will he be left on the ice to get 10 points? Right. I, guess once he gets to six, I guess once he gets to six or seven. I mean, a lot has to go right for you to get that but i still think 70 is 70 is really tough 70 goals for for us and that's that's hard did you that's give us an cool. answer you have to choose one yeah, jason one, like jason. come on I don't i don't I tell said, us the reasons <laughs> we know the reasons i said mcdavid okay i All gave right. you mcdavid yeah, yeah. I, you can't bet against mcjesus that's where i'm at it's exactly what i said i'm uh, i'm very happy yeah. to have you on my side all right we talked about hockey maybe we will do it again you were at the wasted management open uh, by all accounts, an absolute gong show. I don't know if you had been before. I don't know if you can compare and contrast. Uh, I will not lead the witness. What was it like on the ground at the uh, now known as the Wasted Management Open? Well, it's been my fifth time there. Okay. I, I, I went kind of back when I played with the Coyotes. We had some, and I'm it's so, it's so much different now. It's just gotten bigger and bigger, and <laughs> I feel like, I feel like this year was the tipping point a little bit where they got they they kind of have to dial it back. I mean, the Thunderbirds and, and AZ put on such a great show and and they they do uh, they do such a great job. But I think it was just a little bit over the top. Uh, I mean, it it was insane. It was complete <laughs> insanity on the Saturday, like through the massive humanity of the bodies everywhere. It just it becomes no longer fun. It's it's it more. It's just not special anymore. Mm. So it's like now they kind of got to get back, or they got to kind of. I think they got to restrict it a little bit more. And 
just because also it's it's not the some of the people that are paying to to watch the golf actually, which uh, I don't know if more than ten percent are there to watch the golf. <laughs> but you know these people can't move; they're buying GA tickets and they can't even get to watch their golfer because people are just falling all over the place. Mm. And uh, it, yeah, it was uh, it was a bro fest for sure. So, but it's. <laughs> It's unlike anything you've ever kind of experienced for in terms of a golf tournament. You know, you're in the sun and there's DJs playing. It. There's like a area that's like a full-on club. People don't even watch. They just literally go there to to go out. There's like night. There's nightclubs on the course. It's crazy <laughs> middle of the day. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm cool yeah. with that. That that's like it's an event thing. It does get different when you're talking about people's safety being in jeopardy and i do wonder if like the weather delays impacted it because saturday was the the day that really got out of hand right they stopped selling booze and they actually stopped people from coming in i i like to hear how those people feel about whatever the hundreds if not thousands of dollars they spent on tickets and they couldn't get into the event on saturday how they felt about it but do you like how much of a factor was the weather and like the 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 scheduling of of this year's event, or is it just like this thing has this perception and it's been growing in 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 perception over the years, and that people the number one thing they they want to experience when attending that tournament is just like blackout drunk. Yeah, it seems like people don't even want to remember being at the tournament once they walk in. They just want to be as blacked out <laughs> as possible, and then. Just say, hey, I think I had a good time yeah. when I wake when they wake up in the when they wake up in the drunk tank. But <laughs> I, mean, I think there there's some stats on the numbers. Like it's just steadily increased, like the arrests and all that stuff. So it's just it's just going to be more restricting it. But yeah, I think you know Thursday we went we tried to go Thursday, me and my wife, and uh, it was like raining so bad and so cold, and and uh, so I think it was just a culmination of the weather. And then Saturday was like, Oh, hands on deck. Let's, let's rip it. But moving forward, if I went like Sunday's a great day to go, because mm. it's a little bit quieter, but you can still have a good time. Uh, and then you can obviously watch the end of a round of golf, but most people aren't there for that. They're there for the event side of it. No, there's, I'm sure you've seen it. There's a video. It's like a wide shot of the green of Nick Taylor, like stalking his putt, getting ready for the win. And there oh. is a guy bent basically in complete. I didn't even know. Somehow didn't go down. Though. He's, he's, a, he's bent in 90 degrees, but not bending forward at the waist. He was bending backwards. And, he's, and honestly, it's one of the most remarkable feats of athleticism I've ever seen that he one didn't fall over and two wasn't hooting and hollering. I, I feel like I know, you know, what video I'm talking about here i i literally saw it he's doing the limbo and yeah, just, yeah like, exactly perpetual, <laughs> in a professional state of just, just free fall but not falling there's so many like there's one like the kid that's full of mud that's yeah that's literally just he can't stand up he keeps falling down the only the only I was just going to say the only thing from a hockey perspective I could compare it to was, I don't, I'm sure you'll remember this. It was like two, three, I don't know, maybe within the last five years, it was, I want to say a Jets Blackhawks game and the glass broke and there was the guy yeah. with the Jets helmet yeah, on his head. Adam Party. Yeah. It's like, that's the yeah. closest we've got Adam to Party that helmet, level yeah. of oh. hockey fan. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 there's not a hockey event. I mean, there's not a sporting <laughs> event that kind of 
that breeds that kind of debauchery, as I would say. I don't see one, uh, maybe a Kentucky Derby or something, mm. where it's people are that drunk. Mm. And it's just funny that it's it's like these... Horse racing these and golf? <laughs> it's like horse racing and golf, where it's just so funny, too. But it just it makes no sense. You'd expect that to be at every mm. hockey game and, like, every football game. But you do see it, but, like, at a, at a level of horse racing and... Mm. And golf, it's just not seen, and especially this event. And it's more funny to see the golfers that get mad because mm-hmm. I'm like, it's one tournament a year where you have to deal with a little bit of a little bit of junk from the fans. Mm-hmm. I'm like, try hitting a putt when you're trying to take a slap shot, and everybody in Toronto's booing you. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. And the ball's like, the ball's not moving. I mean? Yeah, no, it's like I get it, and it's like every shot's kind of their livelihood so you know you miss a shot you can drop a bunch of spots but you also know what you're getting into when you're going there as a golfer you know that it's you know that you're hitting on 18 and somebody's you know fiesto's playing he's playing in the background (laughs) and it feels like you know you know you're you know you're getting that so you just be ready yeah it's one tournament a year you know embrace it a little bit yeah because it's such a unique event but yeah, they, they have no idea what it's like getting yelled at in their backswing. No, it's garbage. Like, especially, well, I mean, they should. There's one other event that kind of compares, and it's the Ryder Cup, and it's it's one that yeah, Zach Johnson didn't have the most success at, but uh, he was the guy the most vocal. And, like, I want to make a point of, of pointing out that, yeah, the, the like, just oh, oh, getting way too drunk and people being unsafe. Like, that's that's not cool. Like, I'm, I'm not down with that, and we probably got to bring that back. But... I have no problem with there being one tournament a year, Jason. We're literally like, I, I'd, I'd let it go even above and beyond what we've seen. Like, I'd, I'd be fine to see one tournament. What's it like where it's just like you can heckle and you can scream, and there is no etiquette when it comes to fan behavior as far as the the loudness of the event. Like, I'd be cool to see who who emerges on top over the course of four days with that type of event. Again, taking the alcohol stuff out of it. Well, it's pretty much that's what that is. Like you get to the yeah, 16th right. hole, <laughs> and it's a blender for these guys because everybody's screaming. And you know we were on 16 on Saturday, and it's like you get up to your if you miss the green, you get heckled on 16, and then you got to walk up to your ball, and the fans are right on top of you <laughs> and above you, and then you're getting heckled before you chip, before you putt. And then if you don't if you don't make it you get if you don't make a birdie they boo you it's just hilarious. Yeah, it's awesome. I I love it. And again, like I think everyone you know we talk about this and everything in life, right? Whether it's like things people yell at athletes or the way fans handle themselves. Like everyone has their line. You don't want people to cross it. Uh, but it is nice that there's something that's uh, that that's a little different, man. I uh, I could talk to you about this all day. It's uh, it's amazing that you, uh, you've been there. And it's actually really nice that you have the kind of compare and contrast. Like you've been going uh, for, for a handful of years. Before I de- uh, delve into the NHL with you, you're an Olympian. Last time, uh, last time the Olympics were played, we're going to have NHL players going back. Like, what do you think it means to the game as a whole to have guys going back? And we're going to finally get to see Crosby and McDavid together. You know, we talk a lot about growing the game and the NHL can try to do that, but I really do feel like the Olympics is still the the biggest and best way to do that. It's, it has to happen. It's such a good thing for the sport. It's such a good thing for the guys that, 
you know, it's crazy when I went to training camp with the Oilers, uh, you know, Connor's such a good kid, such a good kid. I mean, he's an older guy now, but he's such a good guy and, and just an amazing competitor and, and meeting him and kind of sitting back and watching him a little bit operate was, was a, was a gift for me. But what was hilarious was, you know, the first thing he asked me was, how was the Olympics? And I was like, you know, having Connor McDavid ask me something <laughs> of that caliber and like, and see it in his eyes that like, he wants to go so bad. Mm. And like, he was kind of jealous that I got to go. And, and obviously I was, uh, I was fortunate enough and, you know, lucky enough to go and partake in that. And it's such a, it's such a must for those guys. They, they deserve it. You know, they're the best in the world for a reason. And that's where you showcase that. And, you know, the, the team, not only the Canadian team, but the American team, I mean, it would be just so incredible to watch them play against each other and see how all the friendships kind of get thrown out the window once you get on that Olympic stage. And it, it's just something that should, it should be, it should happen. It, it's, listen, they don't need, they don't need me rolling around at the Olympics as, as fun as it was. And <laughs> I, uh, I, did, I did have a great tournament and, you know, led the almost led the tournament plus minus no big deal, but uh, <laughs> that's how I but, told Ben uh, to introduce you the almost tournament leader in plus minus at yes. the 2022 games. Well, I, I, I'll say it was, I'll say it was, but I haven't checked the stats yet okay. on it. I don't know. I usually yeah. check them no one's going to just say, just say, just you say are. it actually. Yeah. yeah. This is a great, no one will ever yeah. call you on it. You were the plus minus yeah. leader at the 2022 games. I check it every week. So <laughs> <laughs> do, do they might update it. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, that guy was yeah. on for a dash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it, it, but it's just a guy like McDavid, you know, to play with Crosby too. And that's probably Crosby's last one. And, mm. you know, he obviously, was vocal and saying he's got to earn it and stuff like that. But I was just like, just imagining him, you know, Crosby playing with Marshawn, Nate McKinnon, like, and then you got, you know, you, you have McDavid playing with whoever at this point, but it's just, you know, you got, it's, it just needs to happen. It, It has to happen. And I'm so excited that it will be, it's going to be incredible to watch. And, and, you know, all the, all the other, countries as well like in their finland sweden like they're gonna have good teams as well and it's just it's such a great format to showcase the best in the world and this is the best league in the nhl and you get all those guys going over there so it makes for just a great i'm excited as you can see so mm-hmm. yeah and it could be the next time we see Sidney crosby play in a competitive game because like that penguins team Continues to, to flounder in the Eastern Conference, lost oh, in regulation God. to the Panthers. Like, it's, yeah. Oh. And, like, Jake Gensel goes down that. in that game, too. It's so, like, they might not even get a return on him. Who knows how significant the injury is. But, yeah, we're going to watch back-to-back seasons. No no Sidney Crosby in the playoffs. What's going on here? Uh, I watched that game last night, and they looked clunky from the start. And they, they borderline looked a little disinterested. It was very uh, yikes. It was very not accustomed to them, and and I mean that power play in itself is is just it's it makes no sense that a power play with that many good players can flounder that bad. 
And, I mean, it's also a testament to the Florida Panthers. I mean, they're for real. Mm-hmm. There, may be one, there may be one piece away, but I have them coming out of the East right now. I don't see a team that can really match up with them over seven games. And, and uh, you know, Paul Maurice has them playing the right way. But it, it's, pit, it's, just a, it's just a shame because that, that, was a, that was a sting in one form. I mean, there's still a chance for them. They got some games in hand, but they really needed that game, and especially at home. And you don't want to be chasing it with, you know, 15, 20 games left. So, But it just didn't look like. They weren't connected at all, and it, it just wasn't a it wasn't a wasn't a good thing to see. So they need to make a change. There needs to be a change somewhere there to spark them. Yeah, uh, it's hard to see a, a turnaround coming. Uh, Jason, this was great as always. I'm glad to, to know that uh, you had a good time uh, in Phoenix, um, and that you weren't one of the guys that we saw on our Twitter timelines uh, emerging from that tournament. Yeah. Proud of you. Uh, yeah, I made I make it a point to not <laughs> to leave the way I came into the tournament walking on my own two feet. But you know, it's it, it gets it gets squirrely there sometimes. <laughs> it gets squirrely. No doubt. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate it, guys. See you, man. Uh, Jason Demers, former NHL defenseman, NHL Network analyst. You can catch Jason later today on NHL Networks NHL Now, which can be seen on Sportsnet One at 4 p.m. Eastern time i had to in the middle of that conversation go back and rewind the tape on the adam party losing his helmet thing and the, yeah. the guy who has the most wasted face you can have like I, i'm actively crafting a tweet about that right now with a picture of of that guy's face the adam party jets helmet if you have not seen it again uh who go hasn't to, seen go, it? no no like if you don't if you if you don't have that one immediately coming back to mind, because you're right. If you've watched sports ever in your life, there's the no way. The specifics are interesting, though. Like, I didn't remember how far. That guy was not, no, no, right not on, the, on glass. the glass. He's like seven, eight, nine <laughs> rows deep. And probably, I don't want to I don't want to guess, but probably seven, eight, nine, something else is deep. Yeah. A couple of Venos, a couple of Pops. It is elite drunk face on that guy in the, in the Blackhawks game. And honestly, he would fit right in at Phoenix for the waste management him. And then so for a guy that was obviously like missing some of his faculties at that point to have the hand-eye coordination to in one motion, grab Adam party's helmet with mm-hmm. one hand and remove it from his head. And I, again, he's got a beer in one hand. It's a remarkable. It is <laughs> around remarkable. the glass too. Cause like, it's so good. And then the security guard's like, Hey, hey you can't, I, I don't know. There's no rule on the books that says you can't do that, but, <laughs> but you I'm can't do that, sure. man. Come on. Give that guy his helmet back. Oh my God. I, I feel like there was some like, you know, as there always is some like fallout from this. He like had a, you know, he's like car dealer or something. I recall. I just, don't remember. Yeah. Oh God. So good. Um, uh, amazing. So again, uh, gunning 590, you'll be able to see a picture and video of that guy's face real, uh, real soon. Uh, the other thing I was going to touch on here before we say goodbye is mm. the Penguins. Yeah. And, and Crosby looking, I mean, they do have games in hand, but it's, it's dwindling, right? Like they're, they're, they're at 50 games, uh, same as, uh, what? Well, actually I guess they got, so the Red Wings are holding down that final wild card spot uh, with 60 points. They are seven points up on the Penguins, and the Penguins have two games in hand on them. But if you're looking at the Metro, they have four games in hand on the Flyers, who are at 64 points. But yeah, like watch the games too, and they they have a positive goal differential. 
and it, it maybe looks a little different if the power play is a little bit better. But now we got a pretty good sample here. And if they can't make it work with Sidney Crosby and Eric Carlson, and again, Jake Gensel goes down in that game, who's a pending free agent. He was their one trade chip. If, in fact, they were going to pivot, they were going to get a significant return on. Who knows how mm-hmm. how injured he is. Um, yeah, we're, we're headed towards a world where Kyle Dubas gets canned from the Maple Leafs job where he mm-hmm. won one round and yep. goes to sign up with the all-time great Sidney Crosby and then immediately trades for a guy whose cap hit is is a kajillion dollars is a large anchor and is going to miss the playoffs again and then has to somehow rebuild around that it's the most interesting question is what does Crosby want the rest of the way like obviously to win is the answer how much does he value doing that in Pittsburgh versus somewhere else how, if you're Kyle Dubas, do you sell that divorce cleanly? It is going to be among the toughest tasks he's ever had. And he was the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and somehow he found a job harder. Yeah. It's, uh, man, it's it's not easy sledding ahead for him. Yeah, His own re- bed he made, too. I no. don't want to sit here defending no, him. No, 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 no. And the reward's not the same because, hey, yeah, you want to win in Pittsburgh. No, but they know Sidney what Crosby like. will have done it. Yeah. Not they, you. They know what it's like yeah. to have been there. Not here. They remember. All right. See uh, how the Leafs do tonight against uh, one of the Penguins' rivals. The Flyers in town to uh, play the Maple Leafs. This has been the Fan Morning Show. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Good, Good morning. morning.